Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. On October 28th, over 50 women, then, now, and forever, will participate in an event called Evolution. The first ever all-women's pay-per-view. First ever all-women's pay-per-view event. First ever... It's time to have historic pay-per-views. First ever, first ever, first ever, first ever. I think it's only fitting to have the first ever all-women pay-per-view. Stephanie, this is so huge. You just made a groundbreaking, and how you might say, historical? Historical. Her. Historical, right? History is being making. I don't know if that's appropriate. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross All right, we are live. Melissa what? loved that video. That she was loved amazing. It. What's up, you guys? Sean Rothstadt, managing editor, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulSelect.com for the history-making first-ever July 25th edition of the List and Your Boy podcast. You could have seen that intro early by subscribing to Fightful Select, I think. I uh, like Pretty 10 sure. minutes ago. Hey, it doesn't matter. And after the show... If you subscribe, we're doing stupid people extended. Jimmy Van, it's been a big week. It's been an interesting week. So this is the uh, the, the special theme. Happy of this... birthday! Thank you, thank you. I'm actually going to tell you a story in a minute since I am a storyteller. <laughs> you can't tell you a story. They've already heard it. That's why they're chuckling. So uh, the theme of the show this week, Sean, is going to be historic first ever. 
Yeah. That's the theme of the show. That means that everything on my sheet, on everything on the list of Jimmy Van right here, is going to have some sort of historic or first ever spin to it, John. Does that mean we're going to historically, for the first time ever, really discuss what happened a couple of weeks ago? Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. yet huh? It's going to happen okay. soon. I'm not. I'm not happy yet with uh, with what you're putting on Select versus Fightful. We'll talk about it later. Really? I need, yeah, I need to see more of a gap because I got to see the reaction. So I, I need oh, to see more of a gap. I'm confused. So oh, we'll discuss it. We'll discuss <laughs> more it. More of a gap, huh? We'll discuss it. Um, Body shaming. So the first thing I'm going to do, because we're, we're going to get to a few things quick first. First off, I want to say that this is historic today for many mm-hmm. reasons. One reason is, is that for the first time ever, one of our life-size cardboard cutouts has been fired twice by WWE. Wow. For the Wait. first time ever. Well, I'm sure Virgil's gotten fired twice. Has he by WWE? Yeah, he worked for them about a decade ago, remember, with DiBiase Jr.? Yeah, but wasn't he just gone the one time? He went from, like, the bodyguard to the wrestler, and then he was gone, no? Yeah, but, I mean, he got he came back and got fired again. I thought he transitioned to wrestler Our- and then got fired. No, I mean, he, he worked for Ted DiBiase Sr. in that role, became yeah. a wrestler and got fired. Then, in, like, 08, 09, when DiBiase Jr. was running the same gimmick, they brought him back briefly, and then oh, okay, okay, okay. Our I guess I, cutouts are averaging two firings. Okay, I guess I didn't think about that one, so I'm gonna have to think of something else historic. How about he's the first guy wearing a ya boy T-shirt that's been fired twice <laughs> by WWE. Let's try to keep so, it that way. Yeah, first time ever. So that's historic. The the next uh, historic first time ever thing is uh, I'm gonna tell a birthday story uh, with imagery for the list in your boy. So this is historic. This is the first time ever, Sean. That we've done this, and it's a and it's a special announcement. So uh, I got to tell you this story, and then we're going to put a photo up. So my birthday was yesterday, July twenty fourth. We're doing this on July twenty fifth today, and yesterday morning, you're going to like this, Sean. Yesterday morning at about eight forty five in the morning, I get a phone call, and when you Uh-oh. know that it, at that exact moment, I was changing my son's poopy diaper. At that exact moment, so I didn't answer the phone. Two minutes later, I get another phone call, Sean. And I'm thinking, well, this is unusual this early in the morning, but my, I'm busy. I'm literally, you know, my hands are full, literally. And so, uh, and so I can't do it. Once I was done, I checked my phone. The first call was from an employee here who works upstairs. The second was from ADT Security. Uh-oh. So I'm thinking, hmm, this isn't, this isn't good. So I called the employee back, and he said, hey, I was just downstairs getting some milk and triggered the alarm, and uh, I, I can't shut it off. And I said to him, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. So I have a web portal, Sean, and you can log in and disarm and everything. And what the employee didn't know is that whenever the alarm is triggered, the camera automatically shoots a video clip. Mm -hmm. So when I went into the web portal to turn off the alarm, front and center on the page, there's a video clip of that employee walking into the office with his arms full of Stella beer, which is my favorite kind of beer. And it turned out that that was his birthday surprise for me. They set up, and uh, Nigel's got the photo. Wow, Greg is just so generous. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me 44 Stellas for my 44th birthday. And uh, unfortunately for them, the surprise was busted at uh, 8.45 in the morning due to triggering the alarm while I'm changing a shit diaper. <laughs> but it was still good, none the, just the same. You, you had the cake photo, too? Oh, yeah, I can put, put that Put that up. up, too. This is courtesy of my team. And I thought it was awesome. I believe it's Nicola. Great. I think Nicola was the catalyst for this. So yeah. kudos, kudos to Nicola. I thought it was pretty awesome. So what a gem she is. Nicola is a sweetheart. She is. She's really good. And my team is awesome. So but, did Greg try to smuggle the beer in? It was not Greg. It was somebody you don't know. There would have been thirty of them if he did it. 
Uh, yeah, well, he would have started with 44. <laughs> exactly. He would have been down to a solid 28 by the time he got down here. But that's what would have happened. Yeah. This reminds me of the time when I found the uh, test page for the developers. I remember. And I figured out that you all had a Virgil cardboard cutout. Oh, I was mad that day, Sean. <laughs> I was mad that day. I, I told I Nigel what happens if that ever gets screwed up again. He knows. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, since then, the videos are, are non-existent yeah, on that better. page. That's been much better. So let's move on. So uh, for the first time ever, and this is historic, <laughs> for the first time ever, Melissa went to an Impact Wrestling yes! pay-per-view show. She was live at Slammiversary. I, it's funny, we were talking about the venue. I know it as The Docks because it's a nightclub downtown Toronto on the waterfront. Mm -hmm. And I once tried to book a wrestling show when it was called The Docks. Now they call it Rebel Nightclub. She went to the show. She's mic'd up. Next week, we're going to have a video compilation because she took a bunch of uh, very interesting videos. So we'll have a compilation. This week, give us your thoughts, your summary on your first ever live pay-per-view experience for Slammiversary. Uh, it was a lot more enjoyable than I expected it to be, to be honest. Um, LAX or LAX in the OG. Yeah, LAX. Yes. LAX. Amazing. You Amazing. can call them LAX if you want. I, yeah. I, I was... Melissa calls them lax. That's their wrestling. name. You never know, right? But that's true. <laughs> that that was that was wonderful. Oh my gosh, uh, I, I'm still a little disappointed that nothing was set on fire. But besides that, it was pretty good. <laughs> you know what's the vibe I got watching at home is that people were a little let down when the lighter fluid wasn't actually used. Mm -hmm. You know what? They probably didn't have fire marshal's permission to do that. Yeah. Meaning that Scott Demore should have known better because once once you once you tease the crowd with yeah. that and don't deliver, you can't do that. That's one of those things you got to deliver on the got to deliver on mm -hmm. that. That was a mistake. But otherwise, I haven't seen the show, uh, but I've seen clips and I talked to Sean. I talked to Melissa. I hear that it was quite good. I heard that there was a big ECW feel to it, a lot of weapons. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it was it was a modernized ECW feel. And Melissa, you mentioned your boyfriend is actually a Tommy Dreamer fan, right? Yeah, yeah, and an ECW, so he was thrilled. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Some of, yeah. some of the matches that happened on there, I want your, your thoughts on a couple of these. The opening match that had Johnny Impact, Phoenix, Taiji Ishimori, mm -hmm. Petey Williams, that I thought really set the tone very well for that show. That one was so whimsical. Oh, man. <laughs> whimsical. Hey, hey Sean, so have, you ever done, have you ever done a post-Raw, post-Smackdown, or post-Pay-Per-View podcast where Alex uh, Pulowski said, boy, that was a really whimsical matchup. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I probably have. It's Alex. Okay, maybe. Quite the whimsical matchup this was. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. He's got a Shakespearean quality to him a little bit, so I can see that. Yeah. So there, there were a lot of... Like, a lot of weapons used. You had Pentagon and Sam, Sammy Callahan was spitting and snotting yeah. everywhere. Oh, was he? Yep. <laughs> did, you get any, did you get any souvenir saliva? No, no luckily not. But uh, I, loved your video, I loved your video when you thanked me for paying for the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> now, my, my last thing. How did the Sue Young, the Madison Rain thing come off to you? That was a little okay. theatrical. That was probably the most underwhelming one. Really? Live. Yeah. Exactly. Live. I, yeah, I, I googled Sue Young beforehand, and I thought she would be super interesting to watch, but it was kind of, eh, fell a little flat she, to me. Is it because you Google things. I was going to say, <laughs> is it because based on Google, your expectations were too high? I quite literally just did a quick glance on Google Images for everyone, just so I remembered what they look like. I okay. didn't half the time, but... Okay. <laughs> Lots of good matches there. I thought Tessa Blanchard and Allie had a really good match. Oh, uh, that was great, yeah. That was a really awesome match. They they delivered. They caused a lot of buzz. 
It was, I couldn't have thought of a better show for you to have attended live for your first show. How was Tessa I mean, Blanchard not in WWE? Attitude problems. Really? Okay. Okay. And her and Ricochet splits so. Okay. Yeah. So she Melissa. Got, she got great you, reviews as being like an old school Japanese wrestler, like Tatsumi Fujinami or something like that. Well, she, she's really good. I, I wouldn't put her in, in that category style or anything wise, like that. Style wise, not, not. Yeah. I wouldn't even put their put her in their style wise. She looks like a star. She acts like a star. She talks like a star. Okay. Um, Melissa, you star. didn't you didn't go to the tapings Monday or Tuesday. What gives? What? You didn't go to the TV tapings Monday and Tuesday. What gives? You didn't get me tickets, Sean. Come on now. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I was ready to go with the expense budget and everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was ready to sacrifice my Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday nights off. Yeah. Hey, she them. loved it. She said she loved it. I would it go. But you know what, though? After the first one, it's never quite as good the second time. Yeah. Well, and that that show, that was a special show, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the crowd was great. You could tell. I, I haven't had no expectations, so I didn't know this was one of the best shows Impact has put out in a while. But I could right. get the vibe from the crowd that they were pleasantly surprised. Right. And it was very fun, yeah. That's cool. That, that crowd chanting Impact Wrestling was a big mm-hmm. thing because I never thought I would hear anybody chant for that company. Oh, yeah. That company was a running joke on this podcast <laughs> yes. a year, year and a half ago. And, and deservedly so. Yeah. yeah. To the point to where I was, we were both convinced it was not financially solvent. It, it, couldn't, it couldn't be anything but insolvent. Okay. It and, was to the point that Ed Nordholm <laughs> told one of her listeners that he wasn't Ed Nordholm. Yeah, that really happened. He saw the dude's T-shirt. He saw Fightful on it, and he told the guy. He told this is Mark Francis, one of our listeners, and he told him, uh, "I don't know." He made like he's not at like fuck off. That was you, yeah. Ed Nordholm. <laughs> oh no! I'm glad you had fun, Melissa. Next week we'll uh, we'll put up the video that you did. Yeah. Uh, she now people haven't seen the clips yet. She was giving Fifa bumper stickers to like random people in cars. <laughs> uh, I didn't see the tag team that you saw out back. Was that LAX? I didn't see the team that you. No, it was to... Lax. That was Lax. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was actually the OGs, which is the former LAX that you wanted Wait. to give uh, a bumper sticker to. Yeah. yeah. I missed that. I saw the thing about should I should I cheer for the Hispanic guy or the Canadian guy? Because I'm kind of both. <laughs> So. Oh no! I didn't know you could hear the audio in that one. Oh, I could hear the audio. <laughs> oh yeah, I could hear the audio. But for people that can't, we're gonna put up subtitles next week. Oh, on those wonderful! Videos. Oh, nice. Yeah, hopefully you didn't swear too much or say I was an asshole. That's definitely not a Sean Ross Sapp production. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna be listening for my name in case you told her boyfriend what an asshole Jimmy is. I'll be listening. But I'm glad you had fun, and I it's a it's a very interesting take getting it from a non wrestling fan. So yeah. Uh, We'll see, we'll see uh, next week what your video looks like. Let's move on to the topic of the week, Sean. Because there was a historic first ever announcement <laughs> on Monday night. Stephanie's announcement, Sean, on Monday night. And we're going we're gonna to break it down. And I'm going to tell the hard truth about this. And this, is my, this, this might piss off some wrestling fans. I don't know if any women's wrestlers from WWE ever listen to this. If they do, they're not going to like it. But I'm going to... I'm going to break down the hard truth of this whole thing. So on Monday night, and there have been rumors about this. I think Ryan Satin had talked about it and, and whoever else. So on Monday night, they confirmed that on Sunday, October 28th, they're going to have what they call the historic first ever all-women's pay-per-view called Evolution uh, from the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island. Now, um, we can joke about how it's not the first ever women's pay-per-view. Our little intro showed that. There's been a bunch of them beforehand. It is the first WWE one. But it's not the first ever. 
So, so that should be clarified. And I want to say on a side note that the girls deserve it. You agree, they absolutely deserve it. They have busted yeah. their asses. They work the same schedule the guys do. They, they paid their dues the same way the guys do. I think that they've really stepped up their game in terms of their in-ring style. Uh, and I think in terms of in-ring quality, the roster's better now than it's ever been in WWE. And so they absolutely deserve it. They, their emotion was real on the stage uh, and good for them. And, uh, and I hope it goes well. That being said, Sean, watching Raw on Monday night, my friend, and I know you agree on this, I couldn't help but be cynical, Sean. I couldn't it's help but be cynical. Be I couldn't help but sit there and, you know, my wife was sitting next to me and I swore a little bit, Sean. I did. <laughs> I couldn't help but be cynical because it was clear to me, aside from the fact that this was a marketing ploy and aside from the fact that they were using buzzwords all night, like first time ever in historic which is why the theme of this show this week is historic first time ever. They use those on, as, on commentary. They use them in the backstage promos. They use them in the in-ring promos. What really bothered me about this, Sean, was the fact that they essentially use this, if you want to talk the real hard truth of the situation, they use this to put over Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. And that's why they use this. And I couldn't help but notice that in several segments, didn't matter if it was Finn Balor's backstage segment, Braun Strowman's in-ring segment. Through the it, next night. I was going to say AJ Styles' in-ring segment. Uh, Kurt Angle said it in one of the segments backstage. Some other guy said it. It was not, everybody referred to it as Stephanie's announcement. And that was the verbatim quote, Stephanie's announcement. They were and told you, to say it. I was going to say, you cannot tell me that was not a directive. Because was. That, was, that was clearly a directive. Stephanie's announcement is how everybody referred to it. And I really, we should put together a little video montage because of how silly it was. It was literally, what do you think of Stephanie's announcement? Did you hear Stephanie's announcement? I really like Stephanie's announcement. When I heard Stephanie's announcement, that was how they positioned it. And we've been hearing for a little while now about how WWE's objective is to boost her celebrity within the mainstream. They want her to be the face of the company. And everything that they've been doing with these women, and again, no disrespect to the women, they've worked for it and they've busted their asses and they deserve it. But all of this stuff, the Royal Rumble, especially, uh, Ronda Rousey's debut, and now uh, the Evolution pay-per-view, all of this is designed to put over Stephanie McMahon. And that's why they're doing it. And watching that, that little promo they did at the start, Hunter's emotion was real. And it was genuine. And why is that, Sean? Because he's the reason for it. He's the reason for it. Stephanie, when it comes to the women's roster in WWE, has had zero to do with any of it. Zero. And I'm going to say say this, Sean, and and this might be offensive. At lunchtime, we were joking that they should really call her Vagina McMahon (laughs) because she's in the position she's in because she's a woman and because she's a McMahon. And that's why she's in the, the, the position that she's in. She has nothing to do with these girls. She did not recruit any of them. She didn't sign any of them. She didn't train any of them. She's not the reason any of them were in NXT. She's not she the reason. She didn't push for them. She no. didn't fucking push for them. No. That was my problem, and I had some people saying, well, obviously, you don't understand PR. I get the PR emails from the company. Yeah. In my inbox yeah. was an email from a person who hasn't been fond of us lately, mm-hmm. making sure that we got the PR email yeah. out of this announcement from Stephanie McMahon. 
And the thing is, here's my and you know people say, well, it's because she's a McMahon. Who else would do it? Oh, she's chief brand officer. No shit, Sherlock. I know her title. Yeah. I write tons of articles. It was about made it. up and convoluted. That title doesn't mean anything. Exactly. The job it didn't means really exist. Shit. Yeah. Her title is chief female McMahon. Yes. That is that is it. <laughs> yes. No, you it's know, the truth. It's the hard truth. You got a SmackDown GM page who yeah. literally Jimmy broke her fucking neck. Yes. For this. Did I would love for anybody who's like, well, obviously, I don't know what they're talking about. Point me to one <laughs> report. Skim through all of Meltzer's fucking newsletters for years. Yeah. Tell me if you see one report. I've heard Stephanie McMahon is strongly pushing for an advanced women's division no. before no. they fell in love with Ronda Rousey's drawing power in the UFC. Before a hashtag started because they aired a shitty match on Raw. Yeah. Before AJ Lee put her on blast on Twitter and said, hey, why the fuck aren't you paying us as much as everybody else? Yeah. That just pisses me off that people pretend they don't see it. Because yeah. they see it. Oh, it's, it's, know it. it's how it is. And, and the they thing is, I, I saw some people on uh, Twitter, I think they were blasting you a bit, saying, why do you hate Stephanie McMahon? They were saying that to I you. And No, and I was going to say, I don't hate Stephanie McMahon. I've never met Stephanie McMahon. I'm sure she's a wonderful mom. I'm sure she's a great wife and a great daughter and all that. She's a shitty executive. And the thing that just really annoys me is that she comes off so disingenuous and phony. And, and again, Hunter, I thought, was genuinely emotional because that's all him. He's the reason that they're doing all this. That was all him. He's the one that got Ronda Rousey. He's the one that negotiated yes. with Ronda Rousey. Stephanie had nothing to do with anything. He's the one that wanted Rousey and saw the potential in Rousey four years ago. Right. Yeah. He was the one. Yeah. Uh, like, I honestly think, and, and again, this is no disrespect to the women's roster because they've, they've worked really hard. My opinion, if there's no Ronda Rousey, there's no evolution show. That was that opinion. was the thing that made them fall all over themselves to do this was, and that's how it always happens. Oh, yeah. somebody else is doing it and making money off of it and doing it well. Yeah. So now it's time for us to make money off of it. If and and I honestly believe, Sean. I honestly believe without Ronda Rousey, they would still do well on that show. But I think yeah. their mentality is, well, now we have a, uh, the female draw. We have the the box office proven yeah, exactly. queen, right? And that's their mentality. And, but again, Stephanie is the one that they're attaching it to. And I couldn't help but notice when I saw some of the mainstream stuff. And it's all the guys that we know are in bed with WWE. So like Bleacher Report and CBS Sports and Sports Illustrated. Yeah, of course. They referred to it as Stephanie McMahon's announcement. And they had her face on the, on, the, on the cover of the news story. They didn't have Charlotte. They didn't have Sasha Banks. They didn't have Bailey. They didn't have Oscar. They didn't have any of the girls that busted their ass to get there. They had Stephanie McMahon, who has her phony job doing nothing, going, going around the world doing television interviews on the morning breakfast television shows. <laughs> that's who they had. And, and it's, it's just kind of sad to me because it's so clear that that's what they're doing. And it's just a marketing ploy. And it's it just so disingenuous and corporate. And, and she didn't even look emotional doing the promo. Yeah, she doesn't give yeah, a shit. Norman she Smiley. You got Norman Smiley, you got Sarah Del Rey, you got Fit Finley, you got Triple H, people that have worked real hard. That's all ask Hunter. Any, yeah, ask all any Hunter. girl that has been through NXT, and they will just scream how important that Sarah Del Rey and Norman Smiley have been to their I think career. Sasha called Norman Smiley, like the, in her mind, the greatest of all time, because he's yeah, the one he's, that helped her out. So, yeah, that that's... Now, do I see... There were people that seemed to have thought like, oh, you don't see why they're doing this? Why does this bother you so much? Because it's not genuine. It's not and genuine. It, it, and I see the, the same people that were like, well, it's for PR, duh. And I'm like, no shit. Yeah. That's the problem. That's what it is. Because It's listen, not genuine. No, and let's be honest. Vince is already backing off. 
He wasn't at Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. He's already backing off. He's focused now on his XFL flop. <laughs> so he, he's backing off of WWE. It's going to get better before it gets worse. Stephanie and Hunter are going to get more and more clout. And, St- and Hunter is so busy doing the grunt work. He's so busy running the shows and running NXT and all of that. And Stephanie's got nothing to do but breakfast television shows. So <laughs> we're going to continue to see these interviews and these promos, and they're going to continue to spin them and give her the credit for it. That's just how yeah. it's going to be. Well, that's the thing. She didn't need to make half the announcement she did. No. Lita did the unveiling of the title, and it which was fine. Which is did fine. fine. And don't she forget the Royal it. Rumble one when everybody's brawling in the ring, and as soon as they hear her music, they stop because oh my god, the teachers arrived, right? Yeah. So they all stop, and she stands in the middle of them wearing six-inch heels, so that she looks like Andre the Giant. Clearly, the, the focal point of the of the ring. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't like it because it's very disingenuous, like you said. But it, it it's what it is. I mean, that's just the, the truth of the matter. So it yeah, is. it to me it's a gross promotional tactic, and it's one you don't need because these women are capable of doing it without that. And it would draw. It's it going to draw. draw. And if Ronda Rousey's well. not under contract, it's still going to draw. They could do Charlotte yep. Oscar too, dude. That would draw. They yeah, right. it's going to be it's going to be a great show that I hope that she is very minimally involved in. She being Stephanie. Okay, she's clearly going to do a promo at the start of it. Obviously. Oh yeah. She's oh, she's probably, doing the Triple H spotlight yeah she's gonna do that bullshit be quiet so we can get this cool shot she's gonna do it she'll probably revolution that i created (laughs) 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 she's probably gonna do commentary at some point and and you know she has a beautiful voice for commentary and you know know what i i you know again people (laughs) (laughs) people are gonna listen to this If she did the commentary as her father, yeah. I would love it. But people, that ain't happening. People are going to listen to this and they're going to say, why are you shitting on Stephanie McMahon? And again, this is nothing personal against Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> this is me hating the disingenuous corporate phony bullshit of this whole situation. And not that I want to segue into the other big story that happened years ago, but you remember Connor McCulloch, uh-huh. right? And you heard what Justin Roberts, well, I guess read what Justin Roberts said, right? Stephanie didn't remember the kid's name, Sean. Yeah. Right. When you went back and watched all those videos, now you guys don't know. This is a kid that died of cancer, mm-hmm. uh, and they used him for a bunch of publicity uh, videos and stuff. Uh, oh the God. day that he was going into their Hall of Fame because he passed from cancer, and the day that they were going to put him in the Hall of Fame that very same day, Stephanie posted on Twitter, "Philanthropy is the future of marketing," Ooh. because she's an idiot. So the same day that he was going in, she posted that on Twitter. Justin Roberts told the story in his book. Justin was the one that saw that kid at a show. He's the one that invited the kid backstage. Stephanie did not remember his name. And as the weeks went by and all the videos that you saw on TV, Stephanie and Hunter were in those videos. They were the ones that were shown hugging the kid. And they were the ones that were being interviewed about the kid. Weeks later, Stephanie would go to Justin and say, how's our friend doing? Because she didn't know his name. That's a fact. That's the fact, Sean. But now, as far as the mainstream is concerned, she's responsible for the women's revolution. She's responsible for the women's Royal Rumble. She's responsible for the evolution pay-per-view. And it's just disingenuous corporate bullshit, and that's why I don't like it. Well, I can, not to put you over, but, I mean, you, you could love corporate phony bullshit and get along just fine. Maybe even better, but that's one thing that I've known that you've hated for a while. Ugh. Here's what I I worked that- in that world for a while. That's why I'm wearing a T-shirt and cargo shorts now. I worked in that world. I don't like it. We're not going to put over the cargo shorts, but... I told you, I got stuff in every pocket. <laughs> That's true. They're, they're useful. 
I always think back of that tw to that tweet that Stephanie put out. Because philanthropy she's fucking dumb, is the future thinking, of marketing, yeah. and yeah. I think that she views this as philanthropy. It is. She views shit that should have been the norm a long time ago. It is. It's, it's girl because power. The thing is, they had people that could have done this a long time ago. Yeah. It was just them getting out of their own way by signing people and putting them on TV with no experience that clouded up the likes of. Gail Kim and Beth Phoenix and Trish Stratus and Lita and all these people that they had for several years where if that was the focal point of the division, the worst they have now is Dana Brooke, Carmella, and Alexa Bliss. That's the worst on yeah. your roster. 10, 15 years ago, I would have begged for that. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. They, did, they did do Trish and Lita in a Raw main event back in the day. Mm -hmm. But they didn't, they didn't spin it the way they did now. And you know why they didn't spin it the way they did now? Because Stephanie wasn't in a position at that time where she was ready to lead the company and be the face of the company. Yeah. That's why they didn't put the spin on it then that they, that they put on it now. And, that, and that's the whole point of this whole thing. And it's unfortunate, man. And, and again, you know, I don't know if the average viewer will watch this and, and see that. But I think a lot of people do see it, Sean. Yeah, I do too. You and I aren't the only ones. A lot of people know this. They know that it's just phony bullshit. Yeah, I, I take exception to those people who pretend they don't and pretend, oh yeah, well, we know what it's all about. It's so they can get more <laughs> clicks on Bleach Report. I, personally, guys, I work for Fightful.com. I don't give a fuck what Bleacher Report writes. Yeah. And I don't care that she is on the thumbnail of their article. Yeah. I don't care. No. I don't care if that gets them on... The Daily Turd in Minnesota, or whatever, whatever it is. I don't care. No. It's, it's unfortunate. But again, kudos to the girls because they, they've, they've earned it. I mean, Sasha Banks got very emotional doing Hell her yeah. comedy backstage, and, and they've earned it. Uh, but again, it's just their effort is not why they're doing it. I mean, I, I'm sorry. It's, their effort's not why they're doing it. It's, yep. it's, it's the right time to do it. They got Ronda under contract. Who knows how long she's going to be there. Vince is stepping back. Stephanie's ready to kind of be at the forefront and be the face. It's, it's timing. That's what it is. Yep. So, uh, I guess we'll, we'll end this story on a funny note. So uh, whenever WWE makes an announcement or whenever another major promotion makes an announcement, uh, there's a, a gentleman on Twitter, goes by the name of The Hurricane, and he's always real quick, Sean, to say, I know a guy. He does it all the time, oh, right? Nice. Oh, hey, uh, New Japan's got a new TV contract. I know a guy. So... When WWE announced that uh, Evolution is going to be happening, he tweeted this. Nigel, go ahead and put that up. <laughs> Anybody that's only on our audio and can't see this, that would be a, a picture of the hurricane with, uh, looks like he did some nice Photoshop uh, makeup to it. And he said, quote, I know a gal. <laughs> so there you go. Kudos to the hurricane. I saw, I think it was Kayfabe News. Where Kayfabe News, which is like an irony, you know, a, yeah, satire. a joke, satire website. They had a picture of Roman Reigns, and they photoshopped a red wig, and they said there's going to be a special uh, entrant at Evolution named Woman Waynes. Yeah. So, so there you go. So, it's 3.32. Do I need to transition into the clip? Go ahead. The, the first clip? Is this the historic first ever clip of the July 25 episode? Of, uh, it is the historic first clip, and then we'll just go ahead and talk about it, since it's sort of alluded to. It's time for a bro spot with Matt Riddle. Digging holes, digging holes, <laughs> digging holes. <laughs> the guy's got it. He's still got it. 
Matt Riddle. Now, Matt, we, we got to get down to nut cutting time right here. How does it feel a year I later? I thought you weren't going to do that. I thought you weren't going to do that nut cutting time. I thought we were going to take an easy interview this time. You're coming at me sideways already? <laughs> there were things I said I wasn't going to ask you about, but I didn't oh, say okay. anything about asking you about what it's like to have the second best air on this broadcast right now. Look I have the second best, or you have the second best? You have the second best, without a doubt. This is like another Elias Theodoru come to Jesus meeting for you, where you saw his hair, and now well, you see mine. Well, and that was the first a, thing you mentioned when we when we when we saw each other face to face here. Your hair is nice. It's got a nice curl at the end. Yeah, you, know, you tell you take care of it. You comb it. You know what to do with it. But yeah, that other guy, he's still his hair is still. There's a reason why he has sponsors. Yeah, per plus, man. Dude, dude, his hair is phenomenal. Like, because my hair is pretty nice. And that's not bad hair yourself. But that, dude, guy's guy's good. I was on a conference call a while back with one Kenny Omega. And he put you over. He He put you over big time, Matt. What did you think about that? I know you heard about it. I mean, I'm a fan of his work. I've seen him. I've seen him do a couple things. Uh. And you know, I think you know, I think he's one of the greatest things in the business of wrestling today. Uh, so hearing that from him is, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's a stallion move. You know, it's uh, I I wasn't. I, you don't expect somebody at that level to even know who you are. You know, and the fact that he knew who I was and spoke highly of me was, you know, it was awesome. So have you ever like had any interaction with him? I mean, I'm sure you, have you all been on any shows together I at all? I shared a locker room with him at PWG, I think last year at Bola. And he it was him tagging with the bullet called the Young Bucks. And they did like a six man tag, I think, against like Phoenix Pentagon and somebody else. I forget. Phoenix but, is yeah, pretty awesome too. Yeah, but uh yeah, he killed it last night. But uh but uh, yeah, that's the only time I really didn't talk to him. I don't even know if we shook hands. Really? The, I mean, he's he's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. He, I think we at least nodded. We we're like, yeah. So so you're not the type of guy who walks in there and shakes everybody's hand. Well, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not a real kiss ass. So I don't want like, oh, Kenny Omega's here. I'm gonna go up and shake his fucking hand. It's like it's more like. If we walk by each other, I'll shake a hand. I just feel like a lot of times, and you know wrestling, a lot yeah. of times in wrestling, it's almost like, dude, I get it. Goodbye. Hello. Like, we shook hands like six times already. You don't have to shake hands every time you go to the gas station. Like, it's one of those things, you know. But at the same time, you are showing mutual respect by shaking hands. But I think a bow or a nod is just as good as a handshake. A bow, huh? Who have you I bowed to? I've li- dude, I'll tell you this. When I first started wrestling, I tried the bow. And I really? tried a bow. Well, because everybody's grabbing hands and shaking hands, and I'm not used to it, you know, and nobody wants to like, you know, fist bump, whatever. I was like, It can get messy. Get- it can get messy. You don't know where everybody's hands have been. Exactly. That's you don't know where my hands have been. That's you very know, maybe true. I like to keep a messy hand. And you know, with people always trying to touch it, I feel bad. So, you know, I tried the bow, but it doesn't work. You always have to – you have to touch. So – a rule. When's the last time you hit somebody with a bow? Oh, I hit bows every weekend. I hit at least three bows in Vancouver's Saturday. Like, to who? Who's what do you mean? Who's worthy okay, of so, Okay, say like uh, you're like 
10 feet away, you could make the walk to each other. But uh-huh. so you're like, later, bro. Okay. Oh, like uh, that. Oh, I- you think you mean traditional Japanese? Yeah. Guy. Oh, no, no. This is modified American bow, you know, a bro bow. Sure. I think I get, I, do, do you still see me? No, hell no, I don't see you. Not there we either. go. Now I see you. So, but yeah, it's a not a bow, you know, it's like, it's still, that's the respect. There's the bow. I was good. I mean, to be honest, when you said that, I was like, all right, pretty well established MMA fighter, Matt Riddle. You just the, thought you know, I was straight traditional. Yeah. Like, I was like, who, I was like, what kind of, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes I do like a half semi-traditional bow after matches to the crowd, you know? Like, yeah, of course. You know, you do that. Love some kisses. I love you guys too. Thanks for coming. If you didn't, I wouldn't have a job. I'm out. Yes. You know, of course. Get, the, yeah. That's the thing. They they make that kind of impression. I'm like, damn, who tore it up in the ring with Riddle to make him just straight up dip down and bow his head? Hey, I'm not saying I haven't bowed. Like I'll bow to, you know, the Suzuki's and the Ishis and you Triple know, H. And it, tri- maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'll bow down to the game. And we're back. It wouldn't have been a broadcast if I took out the technical error that Matt <laughs> had there. Because it, I know what happened. He didn't touch his phone for like two minutes. Right. And the screen went dark. And right. I was like, there's no way I'm taking that out. Right, right. But I was, obviously, if you all couldn't tell at the beginning, I did this interview with Matt on the condition that I would not ask him anything about Ring of Honor or WWE. Um, I don't think it's a secret there's little bit of heat on us. <laughs> so I'm not trying to cost anybody a potential job. And I mean, people keep asking me, I've been flat out told by WWE people he's coming in. So yeah, he's looks... not told me that and yeah. he won't. And if I ask him about it on text message, he doesn't reply to me. It's so, it's so funny actually, but maybe we'll, maybe we'll just say spot clips over the next three weeks. Maybe we'll just say pending the drug test. Matt Riddle is going to be at TakeOver Brooklyn on August 18, pending the drug test. Because you never know with Matt Riddle. But I was going to say, so what I did on my list this week, Sean, I put in blue font everything where I'm going to say historic or first time ever for every single thing. Yeah. So for the Matt Riddle one, I was going to say that we're in for a historic moment because he's going to be at TakeOver Brooklyn on August 18, pending the results of the drug test. And, and I won't be. I'll be at a wedding that night. I'm going to, be, I'm going to have my phone. Watching WWE Network from a wedding. Yeah, well, that, it's going to be interesting. And uh, and just to kind of go along with that, so a lot of stuff has come out this week. Uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla announced that he's no longer going to be at the in the Battle of LA tournament. He's out of that. That's taking place around that time. WWN, where he is currently the Evolve Champion, they said that he's scheduled for their dates in August. Uh, they were very careful in wording their statement because they said if he's still champion after August, he'll be added to additional dates in September. Uh, so it looks like he's going to wrap up with Evolve August 12 is their last show, and then uh, TakeOver is the 18th. So uh, Matt, just imagine some of the matchups that we're going to be able to get with Matt Riddle and with some of that NXT and WWE talent. Could be pretty spectacular, some of the stuff that we're going to be able to see. You know? Yes. So yes, that'll be good. And, uh, I mean, the thing is a lot of people are like, oh, well, maybe it's this promotion, that promotion. Those promotions don't keep you from working your PWG dates. No, it'd be, it'd be WWE or Ring of Honor, and that's it. So. And I had 
one of our guys say, oh, well, should I start covering WWN? I'm like, they might be losing several people. I mean, I know there's the Stokely Hathaway thing where he's putting his career on the line. I've not heard that's the case, even though he is also well-liked within WWE. I was told that he made an outstanding impression uh, at WrestleMania weekend. Isn't he more that, of a manager than a wrestler? He is a manager. He's strictly a manager. He's strictly and a manager. When I saw the Authors of Pain on Monday, yeah. I said they need to get Stokely Hathaway. They don't need anybody else. They need Stokely Hathaway. Yep. That's the only guy they need. And Vince has got the weird thing about managers, but yeah. here's the whole thing that Triple H sees it. And You know, whenever you hear the old school stories about how management didn't want guys to get over, which is such a weird thing, but that, that's, that's the politics of wrestling, and you'd hear stories about that, it's almost like they don't want the Authors of Pain to get over. Like, it almost feels like they don't want them to get over, which is why they put them in the ring with a live mic. If I'm the Authors of Pain, I show up at Evolve and legitimately double-team Tracy Williams or whoever the hell it is and get Stokely the hell out of there, <laughs> get rid of his career, and then just take him. Just mm. take him. They need somebody so bad. Yeah. And I, I said this on the air, too. If you're Paul Ellering and you show back on, up on NXT, you say, look at what happened to them. Yeah, it's Look unfortunate. It, it, it feels to me, and I, I feel like we've had this conversation before, but it feels to me like they call guys up when they don't have anything creative for them because they feel like they've done all they can do in NXT and they feel like, well, that's the next step. So the next step is you do everything you can do there and then you get called up, uh, but they don't have anything creative. And it felt the same way with um, Andrade Cianomis. They called him up because, well, he was the champion and, and now he's lost the title and that's the next thing you do, but they had nothing creative for him. And Authors of Pain feels the exact same way. It's unfortunate, man. It they, is the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, there is one first-time-ever historic moment or announcement that's not ready to be made yet because Stephanie McMahon, I'm going to get a life-size cardboard cut out of her. I just, I, it just hit me. <laughs> and I'm going to put it between the two guys back there. So Stephanie McMahon was interviewed by Sky Sports. It was published yesterday, July 24th. She was asked if the women's tag team titles, which are rumored, are going to be added to the Evolution show. And her answer, quote, not quite yet, but that's absolutely something we've heard loud and clear from our fan base, and it's something we're keen on implementing as soon as we're able to. You know the reason that she answered the question like that, Sean? And, and again, I'm just being real, and I'm giving you the hard well, truth. They're trying to stretch out the announcements, for one. Well, that's one, but the other thing is because she doesn't know. Probably not. She has nothing no. to do with creative. She, they tried and she failed. So she has nothing to do with creative. Hunter is the one that focuses on all that stuff. She doesn't know if they're going to do that or not. Belts have been commissioned. I know that. Right, right. Yeah. So, so were 205 Live tag titles, though, and those never made air. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, our boy at uh, Leather by Dan put, pretty much put him on blast for that. So. Yeah. I mean, they still can do them. They could, what, are they sitting in a, in a locker somewhere? They're sitting in, in a vault or something? I don't know. Same yeah. place that Fightful Championship I never submitted art for is, probably. Could be. So uh, let's talk about Cain Velasquez. So last week, for the first time ever, Cain Velasquez, the former UFC heavyweight champion, was at the Performance Center. And Ariel Helwani, who is a uh, renowned MMA journalist, said that Cain enjoyed his time there. He's open to options and is healthier than he's been in a while. Yeah, I bet he is. Now, it's, it's funny because we've talked so many times about the, the natural crossover between MMA and WWE. And if you think even over the last couple of years, you got not just Brock Lesnar, you got Matt Riddle, Tom Lawler, Stefan Bonner, Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey. Daniel Cormier is a big fan, and I'm sure he's going to do something in WWE. And now you got Cain Velasquez, who's one of Cormier's best friends, training at the Performance Center. Uh, you and I talked about this off the air. Anybody that doesn't know MMA, 
Cain Velasquez is the guy that beat Brock for the UFC title. Was that 2010, Sean? Yeah, it was way back. He beat Brock for the UFC title, and he did it. He did it in like very dominant fashion. Yes, he did. But but if you know anything about MMA, Cain Velasquez is one of the least charismatic guys in MMA. And I was I was talking to Sean about when UFC 226 happened, and Brock stormed into the cage and shoved Daniel Cormier and grabbed the mic and threw it at the camera. That's showmanship on the part of Brock. Nobody told him to do that. If that was Daniel Cormier calling Cain Velasquez into the ring. Kane would have smiled and waved and shook Daniel's hand and because that's Kane Velasquez. So I find it interesting that he, of all people, is considering a pro wrestling career, not just because he's uh, late 30s and because he's injury prone from his history. Very. Yeah, very injury prone. You, but you wanted the last time he fought? An hour before the last time that Brock fought. Right, right. But aside from that, I don't, I don't see him having the personality to do well in pro wrestling unless he's got a mouthpiece. So, and it's funny because a lot of people thought the same thing about Matt Riddle when he came in. They're like, he, he won't get it. But what did a lot of people think about King Mo and Rampage? They thought they were ready made for it. And they sucked at it. Yeah. But you look at this, and this is purely speculative on my part. I think Kane is seeing his world crumble before him. He was the next guy in the heavyweight division when Brock beat him. He when fought he beat Brock. Go- when he beat Brock. Or yeah, when he beat Brock, sorry. He got such a buzz off of that, and then he got beat on the UFC's first broadcast on Fox and was back and forth there. And when he's in the cage, he looks so dominant and great, except for the time when he showed up to Mexico City out of shape and got beat. Mm -hmm. But you look at things, why did Daniel Cormier move to light heavyweight? Daniel Cormier moved to light heavyweight as an undefeated heavyweight Mm -hmm. because he didn't want to have to stand in Kane's way. So since then... Brock Lesnar, the guy that Kane beat and embarrassed, has come back to pro wrestling, had an an outstanding financial run for Mm -hmm. him, and as far as accolades, come back to MMA, was billed above him on a Mm pay-per-view that he was on, went back to wrestling in the meantime, and before he could even return, has come back to MMA. And gotten a title shot. And gotten a title shot against the guy who jumped out of the... You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Vision to give him space. It's so weird. So maybe, uh, I, this again, speculative on my part, maybe Kane's like, well, if he can do that, I can do that. And we but, should notice on a, on a funny side note, given how things have played out, Kane's last win was against Ronda Rousey's husband. 
Travis Brown. Who's about to be in WWE. Who's about to be in WWE. Wants wants to be, yeah. Yeah, and Kane destroyed him in the first round. So it's kind of funny when you throw that little tidbit in, too, about the the wrestling connection. I mean, I I still think, especially if Kane's healthy, he's going to make a lot more money in UFC than he is in WWE if if he's healthy. Cormier said he's going to retire the title. So, do you think he was just doing this to get his feet wet, but he's still thinking, I'm going to go for the title next year? Like, what do you think? I would imagine Cormier probably urged him to do it, too, because Cormier gets it. We've said this on the air before about how you didn't have to script anything for Cormier because he gets it. Mm-hmm. I had someone say Cormier wants to retire in March so he can show up in WWE in April, and I was like, you know, that's not the most far-fetched thing I've ever heard mm-hmm. of in my entire life. I don't think it's happening, but I could see Daniel Cormier thinking that would happen. And... I'm I'll sorry, Nigel. Do you have like a nervous twitch or something? No. I just noticed that you're doing this. Oh, yeah, What's going on? So I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna go into detail. From my point of view, oh, it's my legs. Oh, it's your legs. Yeah, they just. Like, From the angle of him that I have, it looked like something obscene was taking place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is From what the I angle do. that this I have. This is what I do during the show. Because <laughs> the wrestling, Man. the wrestling talk does it. it. Just excites me. Yeah. But from from a wrestling <laughs> MMA crossover perspective, Daniel Cormier is the best analyst they have. He could be a WWE color commentator and be great at it if, oh, if he, he would wanted be to be. Yeah. Kane can't do that. Kane doesn't yeah. have all those options. He can't stay healthy enough to get in the cage. No. He hasn't fought in two years. And I think, I think that Kane probably learned by doing that training session. Pro wrestling's hard on the body, man. Some oh, yeah. of these guys don't realize that, you know? I've, so, got a, I've got a couple videos in the can from when James Lynch speaks to these MMA fighters, and I use it, you know, when we're kind of low on other stuff, to give you all a look at what MMA fighters think of pro wrestling. And that's the case. Today, I would say 9 out of the 10 MMA fighters that say, oh, I'm not doing that, isn't because they think it's fake and stupid. It's because they don't want to get hurt, Mm -hmm. and they say as much. And I'm glad that nobody got hurt in our very competitive giveaway on Instagram for OMG, our friends over at OMG.com. Don't use butter. Use ghee. Check them out. Shout out to Angela Travers. That's who we picked. She cut an awesome Austin 316-style ghee promo on butter head over to fightful uh, or fightful online on instagram check out all the promos that were cut this was a great giveaway and thank you to uh drawn from the mind on instagram for drafting up that awesome picture for omg and for fightful but angela travers is the winner we had several can we play her clip do we have a clip handy well no it's it's a text promo oh it's a text promo it's a text promo i see i see i see well, congratulations. But, uh, so this, this is going to be a shitty segue because I don't want to disrespect the people, but it's time for Stupid People. <laughs> this is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. All right. Thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the stupid song. And uh, once again, go to FightfulSelect.com after this for Stupid People Extended, where we'll give you three more of these wonderful, wonderful sweethearts. Real news, real news that I do my due diligence on every week. And these people are real and they're amazing. And this first one, Sean might have seen this one because I think this went viral. So he, because I know you had seen it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this was reported by the Mercury News out of San Jose, California on June 26. There is a rapid transit system in that uh, part of California called the BART train, the Bay Area Rapid Transit. And recently, uh, somebody riding on that train recorded a clearly, Sean, miserable, miserable, 
old man <laughs> that was berating a fellow passenger because the passenger was eating a burrito on board, even though oh, I guess no. even though I guess there were signs posted saying like no food allowed or whatever. The passenger that I was eating was minding his own business. He was quiet. He was just sitting in his in his seat, minding his own business, not bothering anybody. And uh, and this old man not only uh, berated him, but he called police from the train. Nigel's got a clip. Put it up, Nigel. You can't wait. Science has no eating and drinking. You don't get it. You don't get it. You must be stupid. Yes, please. Can you get a policeman on board here? We got somebody dining in the first car. Dining, dining, eating on the train, eating on the train. Can you believe that miserable piece of shit? That guy's not bothering anybody. Now, now I will say, I will say, it was good to see that there is still, uh, you know, humanity out there because the other people on the train defended the guy and said, and said, you go ahead and eat your burrito because he wasn't bothering anybody. What? Can you believe that miserable old old piece of shit? Bud. I gotta tell you, man. There have been times where, uh, okay. Not that I want to go too in depth. So, my friends joke around. My friends joke around that there are two sides to me. There's James and there's Jimmy, and and that's always the joke. And they always say, "What would James do in this situation? And what would Jimmy do in this situation?" And sometimes they say Jimmy's going to come out. Sometimes, <laughs> if I'm sitting on that train eating that burrito and that old man is giving me shit about it, Jimmy's coming out, Sean. That's you a good way to catch saying? a smack. I wouldn't be physical with them, but, but sometimes, uh, you know, all I got to do is use some, some verbal skills and that gets the job done. But can you imagine that the guy, how miserable in your life are you that you're, that you're berating this guy for minding his own business eating a burrito he's on the train? dining <laughs> on train? Because the police probably thought he said he's doing what? He's dying? dying. He's diving? Dying. What? Exactly. Yeah. What a, what a miserable piece of shit. <laughs> Nobody's next driving one. the train. <laughs> <laughs> This next one was reported by WREG CBS2 Memphis on July 17th. This is a good one. This is good. So there's a woman out of Memphis. Her name is Faith Pugh. She got a text message out of the blue from a guy she went to high school with. All right? His name was Kelton Griffin. He asked her out on a date via text. And she agreed. He uh, showed up at her place, and he didn't have a vehicle. I guess maybe he walked or somebody dropped him off. So uh, he said, do you mind if you drive? Okay, fine, no problem. They're driving to go wherever they're going, and they see a gas station. He goes, you mind if we pull in here for a second? I want to get a cigar. Uh, all right, sure. They pull into the gas station. When they pull in, he says, you mind going in and getting that cigar for me? Jeez. Okay, fine. She goes in to get the cigar. She comes out. He's gone. Car's gone. All right? Oh She's texting her, uh, her friends and family and whatnot about guess what happened. One of her friends is also her god sister. When she happens to tell her god sister about what happened, you know what her god sister said, Sean? A god sister. God sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what they said. Okay. You know. You know what her god sister told her when uh, she was saying, "Guess what happened?" Her Did god... she say we got a fucked up family because I've got a god sister? Because that's uh, weird. It could be, but no. <laughs> okay. The, go ahead. the god sister said, "Guess what? He asked me out on a date, and I'm with him in the car right now." Oh what? shit! Yeah. So they were in. Faith Pugh's car. And so uh, the God sister said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You tell me where to go. 
And so Faith Pugh said, go to the drive-in theater, you know, up wherever, around the corner kind of thing. So they went to the drive-in theater. She had a friend drive her to the drive-in theater, caught the guy red-handed in her car at the drive-in theater with the, car, with, the, with the god sister, called police, police showed up, and he was arrested. Wow. What a doofus. Yeah. That's, so, why, that's why we call the stupid people new, Sean. Yeah, I'm just confused. I got to hear an interview from him. Look up, so look up the names. Faith Pugh, she spells her name P-U-G-H, and Kelton Griffin. Because I do my due God. diligence on all this stuff, so I actually saw the interview with Faith. Like, the, the news actually interviewed her about it. So, there you go. This last Jesus. one, this one is for the SRS file. And it was reported by the Havana Times out of Havana, Cuba on July 23rd. Uh, okay, I'm going to spin this and ask Sean a question. So, in Cuba, there's a law called Decree Law 349. And basically, it is a censorship law that strictly censors musical and artistic presentations. Because mm. it's Cuba, right? So it, yeah. it, it censors them. There were uh, recently some artists in Havana, and they decided to protest this law. If you were one of these artists, and if you were going to go to the Capitol building in Havana to, to protest this law, give me an idea of what you might do if you were going to protest something like that. Because you wouldn't do what they did. But tell me what you would do. Take a sign that said, fuck on it or something. That's what you would do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They might think that you're protesting a sex law of some type. Maybe. Maybe I'd be doing that, too. So, two birds, one stone. So they did two things, Sean. First, they carried a sign, and the sign said, Free Art, No to Decree Law 349, which is pretty standard, right? The second thing that they decided to do, Sean, they wanted to somehow get across to the government that they're treating artists like shit. They cover themselves in human shit. We have a photo of one of them. Go ahead and put it up there, Nigel. There you go. No! Yes. Simulated shit! You simulated shit! Apparently, it was, from what the article said in the Havana Times, it was real shit, apparently. No! And they covered themselves in shit to, again, get the point across that you're treating artists like shit. There are so many shit-like substances that you could use <laughs> instead! Yep. I mean... Not Nutella, because from what I've learned from Nigel's podcast, that you'll die trying to get Nutella at the wrong place. I mean, didn't WWE use dog food? Like dog food and water? I don't know, but... Gross. That's a... How... That's a lot of shit! It's a lot of shit. How, like, what did... How did they prepare, is what I want to know. No idea. All I know is the, the Havana story said that uh, they smeared shit on themselves, and, and then they marched to the Capitol building in Havana. So I've once told, I think I've told this story before, but at my high school, people always ask, what's the incident at your high school? And everybody has a different story. The incident at my high school Is this the one you told me before about the guy in the gym? Taking a dump. And I'm like. Yeah, you said it like three times on this podcast. No, I've said it once. Like three times. (laughs) No, I've said said it one fucking time. But. (laughs) Three times. How do you plan that? You got to plan. Yeah, you don't. You You've got to plan something. In my head, I would, if I were to take a dump just willy-nilly in a gym and rub it all over myself, I'd have to plan something. I'm sorry, what was that? Willy-nilly in a gym and yeah, rub it all over all myself? Yeah, willy-nilly in a gym or for a protest, you got to plan. So what, what is your diet like leading up to, to this? Have you seen Stand By Me? Yes. Yeah, we've talked about it literally three times in the podcast. 
Oh, did we talk about that scene? Yeah, three times on the podcast. How did it relate to wrestling that we talked about it? It was the thing because I suggested to my wife that the boys, the best friends, were actually in love with each other. Ah. Okay. And we ran a poll, and overwhelmingly people agreed. But we talked about the puke scene? Not the puke scene, but we've talked about Stand By Me enough for you to know. Enough that you should remember that as much as a dude dropping a deuce in a gym. I think the puke scene is the scene of that movie. I I didn't watch that far. I watched the last ten minutes, enough to surmise that the... So you're telling stories based on a movie you've never seen? Apparently it was an effective one. I mean... I knew what I was talking about. This is not the first time ever historical conversation about shitting in gyms or stand by me. Did you so see what just happened there? On. He just told stories about a movie he hasn't actually yeah, seen. That's, that's I saw the last 10 minutes of it. That's it. That's all I needed to see. Let's move on and talk about, let, let, let's talk about some historic news for Elias. Let's do it. Uh, because Elias released his first ever album. Uh, it was a four-track EP. He released it on Monday. It's called WWE Walk with Elias. I was talking to Sean about it. I loved it, and what I loved about it was the fact that it was just what he does on television. Yeah. All it was was music shitting on towns, basically. <laughs> yeah. It was clearly done in jest, and it was done for fun. I don't think WWE expected to get a lot out of it, but wouldn't you know wrestling fan Sean... And Nigel might find this interesting. So it was a four-track EP with basically wrestling promos okay. on it. Uh, yeah, it was long. It was released on iTunes. It was on Monday. On the U.S. iTunes charts, it debuted at number 13 on Monday. By yesterday, it was at number 6 on the, on the U.S. charts. It beat Taylor Swift and Post Malone, among others. On the Canadian charts, it debuted on Monday at number 25. And as of yesterday, it was number 7. And on the UK charts, it debuted at number 29, and it uh, hit number 18 yesterday. On all three charts, it was the day's highest new entry on Monday. That is amazing, Sean. Yeah. That's what they wanted to achieve. I I talked to people within WWE. They weren't as worried about making money off of this as they were charting, and I... You know, I got some responses when I posted that. People say, well, it's a slave thing. No, it's not. Not when you sell an album for $3. Yeah, $2.99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three dollars. They wanted to chart. They wanted to be able to say that he charted, and he did. It's it worked amazing. out. It's amazing. They have something with him, Sean. They do. And and I really hope they don't fuck it up because uh, creative. I mean, did you see Daniel Cormier was on Steve Austin's podcast, and he was shitting on creative on on yeah. Steve Austin's podcast. They got something with Elias, and from the time that he debuted on the main roster, we talked about it on this podcast. How they had something with him, and how he has a presence about him. And they cannot fuck that up, man, because the crowd's with them. And I got to tell you, every week when that guitar strum happens and the lights go down and the crowd pops and he comes on the screen and then he starts doing his thing and people are getting into it and then he shits on the town, I'm always cringing because I'm thinking they're going to fuck it up. They're going to take this this baby face. People want him to be a baby face and they're going to fuck it up because they refuse to turn him. I really hope they don't screw him up because there's something special with that guy, man. There really is a matter of uh, when, not if, they, they screw it up. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. He, but, he screams but, Intercontinental title like God to me. Oh, like, he's, he just I, has a presence, man. You can see it in his eyes. Like He just has a presence that not everybody has. I really think he should be IC champion right now, and I think he should beat Honky Tonk Man's record, and I think that would be almost poetic that he does it. Yes, and they could even have Honky come in like when he's getting yeah. towards the end of it. Have him the, do a duet. He's got that ego. I ain't putting this guy over. 
Ain't no way! You don't think that Honky would think I'm gonna get longevity on the convention circuit by going back on TV? Yeah, he might. That, that's the thing you gotta weigh, his ego versus... Yeah, maybe, <laughs> bank maybe. Alright, so HBO had a historic announcement. Did they? They had a historic announcement about something they did for the first time ever. So, uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, the Andre the Giant documentary is the most watched documentary in the history of HBO Sports. It's really? Had, it's had almost 7 million viewers to date, both, uh, both on television and digitally. And Bill Simmons, who's the guy that produced it, and we know that he's a big uh, wrestling fan, because of the success of that documentary, they signed him to a new contract. And so what I'm wondering is, are we going to get more wrestling-related content on HBO? Yeah, I would think so. Can you Proven imagine, success. Imagine because you know the quality of HBO documentaries, can you imagine an HBO documentary about the Bruiser Brody story? Oh, shit. Imagine man. that. Imagine an HBO documentary about Brian Pillman. You're going to turn over some stones with the Brody one. But it'd be amazing. Snooka. Snooka would be good if WWE would allow it to be good. What about yeah, Chris they, Benoit? They, they ain't giving them any footage for that. Chris Benoit? Sure. But Brody would be a good way to, to, I don't know how much of his footage they own. Benoit, oh, man. I mean, it'd that's be a story one, to tell. That's one they could approach, and I think WWE would get involved in that because they don't want somebody of HBO stature doing it without them. You know what I mean? Well, the, I mean, the one thing, I guess it's a, it's a double-edged sword because they would be able to uh, squash the theory about steroids because steroids yeah. weren't the reason for it, but it opens up the thing about the brain injuries. One of my favorite so. clips from, like... <laughs> that era was Kevin Nash just slaughtering, well, probably poor choice of words, owning this uh, Fox News anchor who was trying to put forth the, the, the notion that roid rage happened. Yes. And Kevin Nash was like, I've taken steroids, I've never seen it. And she's like, yeah, well, do you think there should be steroid testing? And he's like, no, we're, we're, we're not a sport. Was that Nancy like, Grace? It was uh, it was somebody that was filling in on Hannity and Combs, and the lady was like, "Oh, you don't think that this is a legitimate sports competition that should be tested?" And he goes, "Hell no, it's entertainment. Yeah, no. Why is it so hard to understand?" And you could tell in her eyes that everything that she had prepared was out the window because she thought that she got big dumbass seven foot wrestler, not oh, you know. Went to college, did well in college, very smart, learned dude, and yeah. Kevin Nash. Oh, yeah. oh, he, he's the wrong guy for her to be interviewing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I the only thing, the only reason I would be against steroids is because it's been, it's been proven that with abuse, it can enlarge your heart. Yep. Uh, and that that was one of the things I heard Eddie Guerrero. So, you know, I, I'd be against it for, for that a lot reason. of guys. That's why we have people dropping dead in their forties? Yep. Nonstop. Yep, for sure. Uh, let's talk about the WWE stock rising to historic levels. <laughs> Sean. And, uh, and I got some interesting numbers in this one. So as of this morning, July 25th, the stock was at around thir- uh, 82 bucks for a market cap of $6.45 billion. Uh, it came out this week that according to SEC filings, various WWE executives took advantage of that. And on Monday, they sold a combined $160 million worth of stock. The main people were Kevin Dunn. He sold uh, a little over $10 million worth. Michelle Wilson is one of the co-presidents. She sold a little over $10 million worth. George Barrios, the other co-president, sold $9.95 million. Uh, your favorite, Stephanie McMahon, sold about $1.44 million. Triple H sold about $1.432 million. An interesting side note about this is that Vince McMahon, as we know, back in December, 
sold 3.34 million shares of stock to fund Alpha Entertainment. At the time that he sold them, he sold them for around $29, which was under market, because at, at the time the stock was worth 32, but he sold it for about 29, meaning that based on today's value, he lost around $180 million by selling them in December instead of selling them now. Uh, but before anybody feels too bad for Vince, he still owns 32.2 million shares, and at uh, current valuation, they're worth about $2.64 billion. And people might be wondering, well, what about Hunter and Stephanie? Well, how much are they worth? Shane's not on the list, by the way. And that's, that's a whole other story. So Triple H still owns 147,000 shares and change, worth about $12 million. Stephanie owns a little bit more, about 149 and change. Hers is worth about $12.3 million. So uh, they're all doing quite well. You know, that it's funny because there's that promo that Punk cut years ago. He's a millionaire that should be a billionaire. Now he's a billionaire again. Yes. What, you said worth over $2 billion? Yeah, uh, th- what he has left Ooh. is worth $2.64 billion. And, wow. And that, you're not even including whatever he has stashed away in his bank account. And Yeah, that's just based that, on the shares. That's, yeah, that's just that's based on the shares. pretty wild. I, yeah. I tweeted uh, earlier this week that, I think it was three years ago, Papa John's was worth about three or four times as much as WWE stock. And now WWE is worth about eight times them. That's crazy. Wow. Bad wrestling and shitty pizza. Who knew that that the former would be worth more than the latter? Now, uh, another piece of news, and this is also historic. So uh, you remember back at WrestleMania 30 when they did the opening promo with Hogan and Austin and The Rock? Remember that? Yes. And it came out later that Austin was a little bit sour because he came out second and The Rock came out last. Yeah. And Austin had kind of indicated that I guess Vince told him he was coming out last. Because, you know, in, in Austin's Weird, mind, yeah. Austin's mind, he's the most successful pro wrestler of all time. Uh, and so he was a little sour that The Rock came out last. Yeah, Rock's a bigger star. Well, according to Business Insider, The Rock earned the highest ever amount for acting earnings in the 20-year history of Forbes Celebrity 100 list. In the last 12 months, he earned $124 million. $124 million in the last 12 months. He doubled what he made the year before. And they attributed that to uh, his upfront paychecks, which are now going for 20 to $25 million upfront. Plus, apparently for Jumanji, he got a cut of the back end. And Jumanji was a massive hit. Uh, plus, he's got his baller series in HBO. Plus, he's got uh, production work that he's doing with Seven Bucks Productions. $124 million in the last 12 months, Sean. Do you think leaving wrestling for acting was the wise idea on that or what? It was. And WWE's, Goodness. Been, talking, WWE's been talking to him lately. Oh, uh, well, I mean, been talking to him. you know what's funny about that? Because the we, dialogue we, has opened. Sorry? Dialogue has opened. I mean, he's never hidden the fact he wants to go back. And, yeah. and, and he talked about, I don't, I don't know what interview it was. It might have been Van Vliet when he said, yeah, they offered me the Ronda Rousey thing, but I had to go to Shanghai. Yeah. Uh, but he's fully open to coming back. You know what's funny about this is that WWE is now in a position where they can afford anybody they want, but The Rock is in a position where he doesn't need the money at all. Yeah. Uh, but he loves it. He loves it. And so uh, I, I can see him coming back because he just Too loves it. To a lesser degree, do you think that's part of the reason why Batista is so open in some of the things that he says? He is in such a big franchise right now. I mean, a gargantuan franchise that they have refused to capitalize off of. And all the part-time guys they bring back, you got one begging to come back and you don't do it. I still think they are sour from his last run. Because, Because, again, when you look at everything we've heard about 
how Vince is, and Stephanie, how she can be. And Hunter, even though Hunter is the, is the level-headed one, he doesn't have the say that the other two do. And I guarantee you that that WrestleMania press conference that we've long talked about, you know that pissed people off. Yeah. And it, was I, a, and it was a situation where because it was Batista and because he's buddies with Hunter and all that kind of stuff and because he doesn't need the work, you, I yeah. guarantee you, Sean, Stephanie was back there festering but not able to really say anything because Batista doesn't give a shit. To me, so it's I, wild. I can't believe that they – if I were WWE and I were in the same shoes – now, I don't have the financial, financials in front of me, but you get these big sold shows yeah. and they yeah. say, I want to do something big, call up Dave Batista, call up Goldberg. You've got a – You've got a match that really means nothing on a show like that, and you can afford it. You've got so much money now; yep. it's unbelievable. Yep. Like, and he wants to come back. A couple years ago, yeah, and he wants to come back. Yeah, and he's made it clear he wants to come back, and it it, it doesn't make a lot. I mean, and I think back again to say say the Ultimate Warrior, where you know McMahon was always like, I don't want to work with the Ultimate Warrior, but he did because it made business sense. They brought back Jesse Ventura after he beat them in court because it made good business sense. They brought Jerry yeah. Lawler back after he beat them in court because it made good business sense. Bringing back Batista is nothing but good business sense, but I think they're sour enough that they're not pulling the trigger on it. And he is in the top movie franchise, one of them. Ultimate Warrior never was. He was super famous in a wrestling world. Batista is super famous outside of that. Yep. And Batista now, I think, has more goodwill than he's had in years because he's come off as the babyface in interviews. And wrestling yeah. fans, if wrestling fans are aware of this stuff, they know about the Jericho podcast appearances. And, yeah. they, and they know that he has said, I love the business, I want to come back, I've offered them you know, different scenarios, they don't call me back, they offered me Ronda Rousey, then they went silent, then I watched Raw and saw that they gave it to Kurt Angle. He comes off as the babyface and all that. Of course. So... It's too bad. Whatever. Whatever. Let's move on and talk about another first time ever. So for was the... it was it the first time ever that I interviewed Jeff Jarrett in 2018 <laughs> ahead of his one man show that'll be on Fight? Take it away. <laughs> oh wow, Sean, you 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 not really a curveball, but an unexpected <laughs> question. And, and, and I gotta say, the real simple thing. Obviously, I've been in the business 30 years uh, plus, and my family and three generations, everything go with it. So. Regardless of uh, if you want to call it a promo or not, uh, that, that that is what it was. But I, you know, very very easy to do. Spoke from the heart, and I can assure you, uh, Karen spoke from the heart. That yeah. was raw, really. Um, as you say it, I can think back that when we got back to the hotel that night, we had our kids with us, and and uh, you know the suite, the connecting rooms, and all that. I can remember Karen going and laying down. Um, on the bed and then she got up and sat in a chair and just talked about, you know, um, I don't say she, she, but she was emotionally drained because it was a very emotional night and very unexpected. Uh, we caught people by surprise and, and that's hard to do. Um, uh, but you know, that, that is something that I have, uh, you know, I, I've been asked about that, uh, off and on since that took place and, and, and got a, you know, I'll say a very favorable response um, you know, the, the actual Hall of Fame induction speech that I gave uh, was, was edited up uh, quite a bit, and I understand why for TV time, uh, but, but, but I believe some of the best stuff was left. I, I don't believe, I, in my opinion, my humble opinion, uh, the, the best stuff was left on the, direct, on the cutting room floor, and that was very, very emotional because, you know, uh, from June 19, 2002, uh, 
uh, up through what was that? Like you said, 2015. Yeah. A lot of emotion, a lot of ups and downs, and in between. And and uh, I got that was my chance to really thank the people uh, that, quite frankly, that were in the trenches with me day in day out. Uh, the people behind the scenes that uh, that many many times uh, more often than not uh, that that were behind the scenes uh, of the cameras at TNA that put in I just, you know I can't tell you how many hours upon hours and working through you know we were a small crew uh, both office staff and administrative and and, and 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 production and the warehouse guys and you know I mean early in the days of black Friday sales and, and Don yeah. West is selling merch as fast as we can uh, pack it. You know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're shipping on Thanksgiving weekend and, and through the holidays and through the Christmas holidays and, and, and all through that, just, and I, that was my opportunity to, to really thank those people and people that had uh, really, really gave their heart and soul uh, to that organization. That was my opportunity. So, it was, uh, yes, you can call it a promo, but it was as real of emotion as you could possibly have, not only for me, but Karen as well. Jeff Jarrett's one-man show on Fight TV. I'm actually calling MMA fights on Fight TV here in a couple weeks. Check that out, guys. Premier MMA Championship. I'll be back there August 11th. But yeah, Jeff Jarrett, uh, a guy who constantly gets put over. When I'll talk to like Bruce Pritchard or Conrad Thompson about a guy who needs a podcast, they always say Jeff Jarrett. And you know, I had never thought of that, but then again, I do jump at every chance to interview him because mm-hmm. he's like, what hasn't he been a part of? Oh, he's done it all. He's done it all. Yeah. I remember watching uh, uh, the stuff that he was doing in, in uh, Memphis and in Nashville and way back, like, like before WWE the first time. Yes. So he's been around. I mean, he used to be the top babyface for his yeah. dad. In in that interview, youtube.com slash Fightful, or you can go to FightfulWrestling.com and click exclusives. He tells me the story about his dad talking him out of going to WCW in 1990 because he just wasn't ready yet. Right. And uh, he was talking about how, you know, Steve Austin and The Undertaker and people like that were coming up in the territories then. Mm -hmm. And he was like, God, I got to go. And he said it was a good thing that he didn't go. But Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. a very interesting story. Cool. So for the first time ever, <laughs> it looks like Miz and Mrs. aired last night. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't see that. I'm sure it was good. I'm not into reality TV, but for the first time ever, seven wrestling promotions have some sort of national TV presence. Seven, for the first time that I can recall. So you already have WWE. You have got Ring of Honor. You got New Japan with uh, with access, right? Uh, Impact has pop in the U.S. MLW is on BN Sports. Lucha Underground is on the El Raid Network. It was announced this week that Ringmasters, which has had various incarnations, I think it started, uh, what, uh, 10, 15 years ago. Howard Brody is the main promoter with uh, Vito Nucci. They own it. Um, they've had TV deals in the past, and then they folded, and then they came back, and then they folded. So they just announced uh, on their Facebook page that they're going to be doing TV tapings August 8 and 9. And here's the most interesting part to me is they're going to be airing those shows on Saturday morning, starting September 15 at 8 a.m. Eastern on WGN America out of Chicago. And what's interesting about WGN is that that's the station at the center of the Sinclair acquisition controversy right now. Because WGN is owned by Tribune, and that's the one where the FCC said, whoa, 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 Sinclair claims that when they acquire WGN as part of that acquisition, that they will sell it 
in order to appease the FCC's monopoly concerns, but the buyer they had lined up had ties to Sinclair, and so Sinclair was going to maintain programming and ad sales control. Uh, and so that's why they're in this, this shitstorm now. Very interesting. Not that Ringmaster is of any relevance, but it'd be interesting to see what would happen if that show airs on WGN, if it has any success at all, and then Sinclair jumps in, gives them the boot to bring Ring of Honor onto... Uh, that'd be an interesting... It, the whole thing is interesting that it's that network. That's a lot of moving parts. And it is. ROH is such a negligible part of all of that. Like, I wonder how much of that is weighed in anything. Yes. And I think Ring of Honor has a really good benefit right now because I had somebody ask me today on the, the Fightful Q&A show on Fightful Select, will we see MLW and Impact trade talent? And I'm like, yeah, of course we will because MLW trades it with L- Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground trades it with Impact Wrestling. You see all, a bunch of the Mexican promotions doing it. Ring of Honor is really the one that stands out where you see their wrestlers there mm-hmm. in America and that's that's really it. Except for like Austin you, Aries, really, yeah. Some indies, yeah. Austin Aries, Jeff Cobb to a degree, but like if you want to see the Briscoes or the Young Bucks, you're on TV. Mm-hmm. You're going to Ring of Honor, and mm-hmm. that's that's something I think Ring of Honor really has that benefits them right now. For sure. I mean, that's 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 why WWE and WCW were doing guaranteed contracts way back in the day for the same reason. So let's go to a couple of listener questions. Uh, this first one is from J- Jamie Irwin. He says, Jimmy Van would love to hear you guys discuss Ryback's fat burner advertisement on uh, Listen to Your Boy this oh. week. Have you seen it? We have it. Nigel, put it up for a video. Oh, boy. Feed me more. Hey, stupid. Are you sick and tired of being overweight? Shell Shock, Extreme Fat Burner, works every time. Wake up! Shell Shock, Extreme Fat Burner. Shit! <laughs> Mother of God! Is that the first time you had seen that? Yeah, it is. So what did you think of that? Alex is doing an article on that this week. <laughs> that's what I think. Oh my God, that's phenomenal. I'm going to go ahead and assume. I don't know Ryback. I've heard stories about Ryback. Uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and assume that he did it strictly as a joke and he's not being serious because he just had he just had man-on-woman violence in his, in his advertisement, clotheslining her into a pool. So I'm going to guess that he's only joking. It also looks like they filmed it on like a cell phone, on like a smartphone. The, qual- the production quality is not the greatest. But uh... our, our boys at Pro Wrestling Unlimited, subscribe to them. They say, how have you not seen this? I don't know. I didn't like, see it until Jamie Irwin sent me that uh, message on Twitter, and then I looked it up after that. Well, to be fair, I have Ryback muted on Twitter because he promotes shit nonstop. He's still doing that stuff? Still? Yeah. But I mean, good God, that was funny. Is he wrestling that was still? So funny, yeah, he is. Yeah, I haven't heard a thing about he, Ryback. The last I heard from him, he was wrestling the fella that bought all the Twitter followers that got mad at me on Twitter because pointed it out, and his mom went off on me. And then I saw, oh, he's wrestling Ryback next week, and I'm like, God, oh, well, good for Ryback. He can beat him up real good. Have you seen the? I think it might have been a table for three. 
with Ryback and Daniel Bryan and somebody so else. That was fucking funny. You seen that? So Daniel Nigel, Bryan is a bully. He was a bully. He was a bully. So Daniel Bryan is like this 5'8 vegan and, and seems like the nicest dude in the world. Ryback is this like 6'3, you know, kind of jacked up 300. guy. Yeah, jacked up guy. And on that table for three, Daniel Bryan was bullying the shit out of him. <laughs> and Ryback was just sitting there saying, you're mean. And I don't, you know, I, I stopped riding with you because of, of your mean. But the reasons made Ryback look foolish. Like he didn't know how to order at a restaurant. Yes. And Daniel Bryan was saying, you would go to the counter looking at the thing, not knowing what the hell's going on. He's like, I just want to get my food and go eat. Yeah. You know? That, but, was, the, uh, that was my favorite episode of Table for Three yeah. ever. Because it was a side of Daniel Bryan you don't see all the time. Daniel Bryan is such a phenomenal troll. Yeah. And, he's, and he's, Dolph Ziggler was agging it on. Dolph was Ziggler's Dolph the like, other guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dolph was just like, well, I don't see why you're so upset, Ryback. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. That is a must watch on the network, guys. This, uh, this other question comes from Graham Williams. He said, it may have been a throwaway remark, but any chance you'll discuss Jericho comments regarding one day going to impact on Listen to Your Boy? So if anybody missed it, on Twitter, Jericho was asked by somebody, I know you're busy with Japan and your music career, but would you ever consider going to impact wrestling? And Jericho responded, of course. Uh, easy answer, throwaway remark means nothing. Because that's Chris Don, Jericho. Yeah, Don Callis is his boy. Of course, he's open to it. Chris yeah. Jericho might wrestle on the moon for all we know. You I mean, somebody, know. somebody asked him after the Japan show, his first New Japan match in January, are you going to go back to New Japan? He even told Chris Van Vliet. He's like, well, no, because, you know, the money thing and whatever. And the next thing you knew, like a month later, he did another match. So, exactly. you, yeah, you don't listen to Chris Jericho about Worker, really anything. Workers work. That's what they do. Yeah. And yep. he is a worker. That's he why you got to decipher all this stuff in this line of work. Yep. Uh, if you all want more stuff like that, I have the Fightful Select Q&A podcast posted on FightfulSelect.com. Man, that tier one, you get like five podcasts a week. It's pretty wild. We got a few more minutes, so I guess let's talk about SummerSlam because it's shaping up. Sure. So uh, they made it official, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns for the Universal title. I'm going to ask you this again. They also announced Braun Strowman against Kevin Owens. uh, And if Braun loses in any way, he loses the Money in the Bank contract. Here's my question for you. Do you think that uh, either Owens wins by DQ or something, or Braun retains the contract either way, and that either way they're going to be injected into that main event before the main event starts or early into the main event? Because if they stick with it as it's currently advertised, as we've talked about, Brooklyn is going to shit all over that match. Oh, yeah. So do you think that's the plan? So they're going to, because at least by doing this, they have the money in the bank contract in people's minds because it's on the card, right? So do you think they're planning to interject that? Because I'm telling you, Brooklyn's going to shit all over that match if it stays one-on-one. Yeah, I think they do keep it. They're going to keep it one-on-one. Yeah, I think they keep it one-on-one. Oh, it's such a bad idea. It's such a bad idea. Uh, The other thing about the card is they announced Rollins against Dolph Ziggler again. Uh, Once again, I think Brooklyn's going to just crap all over that match. And it wouldn't surprise me if they start doing countdowns, even though there's no clock on the screen. So, uh, who's producing this shit, man? Kevin Dunn was the guy behind pulling that damn clock down, too. I don't know if you noticed on Twitter that I I was kind of crapping on Sanity's uh, entrance. Shit. 
And I said, uh, I said on Twitter uh, last night, whoever, I can't believe that, that somebody with television production experience is actually doing this and thinks it's yeah. a good idea. Justin Some, LeBar put it over. Yeah, Justin <laughs> LeBar from Sports Illustrated said, actually, that's, that's I love Justin it. Marasso. That's Justin Marasso. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. LeBar is on Chair Shot Reality. Okay, okay. So he said he loved it, and so I just said, okay, it's subjective. Ugh, not subjective to anybody else I've seen. He's no, the and, and, and I, you know, I just wanted to be nice on social media, but I have no problem saying it. He's wrong. It sucks. It does suck. I like Justin. He's a good friend of mine. But I felt man, like I was having that, a seizure, Sean, when, that when I watched that. Sucked. I posted the GIF from Team America where the guy just vomits. Or the puppet, <laughs> not a guy. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. And I put over their entrance so much live because – it is such a cool live entrance, or it wasn't NXT. You've got the helicopter sounds and the mm-hmm. laughing. They've got the masks. You've got mm-hmm. the spotlight that makes it look like a helicopter is following them. Mm-hmm. And then they go and do all this shit. I can't even shake my monitor They're enough. all over the arena with that. And it's like, whoo. Yeah. Ooh. Like you're Why? not even kidding. You're not even kidding. Why? Why do we need to do that? If I was Eric Young and I'm and I go back after to watch my match and I see that I'd be pissed because I'd be thinking, well, I got like no FaceTime because they were recording my shoulder or they were recording my knee or it's just it's ridiculous. Been recording them flat on their backs most of these yeah. shows. They don't win yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of unfortunate that they've been basically. It's again authors of pain, sanity. These guys are getting killed. Nikki yeah. Cross was on the stage. And she As was a in, debut on the main roster. And yeah. she was she was in a prevalent spot on the stage, Sean. Yep. I, I, I don't. You know. all can be in a prevalent spot in life by subscribing to FightfulSelect.com. <laughs> you can get the bumper stickers. You can get news early. You can get retro reviews. Next month we will have TNA Unbreakable and WWF SummerSlam 1992. Uh, Fightful photo gallery access, behind the scenes footage, outtake footage. We do the Fightful Weekender every week where I review BTE, uh, Lucha Underground, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, give you all exclusive news from the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, which you also get early. We do the bi-weekly dark match commentary. We have UFC rankings breakdowns. I do a monthly, if it were at work, if it were a shoot podcast. Monthly members-only podcasts. Warren Hayes is now on the, the roster doing 205 Live and NXT review podcasts. While the G1's going on, he's doing G1 wrap-up podcasts weekly. And then a tier up, you can get a shout-out on our show. You can get a copy of Jimmy Van's book. Early access to news, articles, interviews, access to Jimmy Van's match archive that has our commentary over top of it. Uh, you get the Stupid People extended segment, which we're about to do. And if you stay on for a certain amount of time, you can get a Fightful shirt. We even have tiers above that where you can get mugs, guest star on shows, I have to interject. Did you did you did you mention the mask? <laughs> so whether Sean wants to acknowledge it, our video viewers can see that Virgil's got a mask on back there. Whether or not Sean wants to acknowledge it, one of the primary selling features of Fightful Select membership is I think it's the five dollar tier. You gotta stand for two or three months. You get one of those Sean Ross sat masks uh, that have so many uses, it's almost endless the uses for that thing. And I've been telling Sean, whether you want to admit it or not, that thing is a sell, and that's a draw. And I've seen a lot of photos, Sean. A lot of photos, my friend. It's a draw. Listen, there's a reason I'm the millionaire, and you're not. It's because I make good business decisions. That is not a good business decision. Gonna have to let you go, Jimmy. 
Sorry. I guess we're I guess we're out. We're out. <laughs>